Welcome back to another episode of Taboo Taboo. Oh my god, do we have a juicy episode. We've got another episode with Ava, and actually, she brought into the studios an ex. She brought in an ex, they had a lifestyle domination relationship, and they do not hold back at all. In this episode, we dig into early kinks that go back pre-sexual experiences, uh, we dive into kink as part of your identity. Bob and Ava go actually really deep on the symbolism of what a collar represents, but also the intimacy it takes to have a collared DS relationship. Uh, on top of that, the intricacies of falling in love with your slave or your submissive. The first time that they made love and, and Ava beat the shit out of him with her closed fists... All the stories go on and on. This is an incredible episode. You're really going to enjoy this one. Thank you so much, as always, uh, for listening. I am Drew from the future. If you have any questions about this episode, if there's something that happens in here and, and you want to know more, feel free to reach out. We're more than happy to get back to you, give you some real answers to some real questions around this sort of stuff, because it's not easy to talk about with friends and family. That's the whole reason we're doing this podcast. We want to talk about the things that are... Not easy to talk about in real terms with real experiences. And that's exactly what we have today. I do have to warn you, this episode is full of a lot of very intimate conversations uh, about very intimate parts of relationships. So if you've recently gone through a breakup or you're feeling particularly sensitive, I would maybe come back to this episode at another time. Without any further ado, here's Ava and I interviewing Bob. Enjoy. Or it's like somebody had a like big bad dragon. Uh, this is a bad dragon brand, you know. So it's just kept taking progressively larger and larger rainbow dildos that are like vaguely animal-like. I think they're that's what they're meant to be. And then these two doms were using it on this this uh, person who came out in like full pony play getup, mm. and it just. The worst part of it, so it was the best part of it, was watching this person, like, like climb Mount Everest, essentially. And then afterwards, I was saying to, to my friend, I was like, I need to know what lube she's using. Like, whatever it is, it would be like, a banner should unfurl, like, sponsored by Pure the, Lube. The best lube in the world. And and then I, I went over and I asked the two doms, I'm like, what, what lube did you guys use? And they were, of course, they were like, oh, it's all natural, it's just her. Hmm. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> That's not fair. That doesn't help me at all. That talent should be shared. Right. So what do you do for a living, Bob? Um, Entrepreneur? I'm an entrepreneur. There you go. That seems to be the most fitting. That's the most fitting. Right. (laughs) What do you do for fun? Outside of kink. Outside of Because I realize that Hmm. Ava and I are very into kink as fun. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, social as kink. That's a good question. I like to cook. I run. Oh, nice. What do you like to cook, by the way? Um, you taught me how to make... Uh, I taught you to make a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys used to date. Yeah, make sure we used say to that. date. <laughs> we did. We used to date. We dated for about six months. Uh-huh. Um, I cook European food mostly, but I'll do other things. I'll venture yeah. into other things once in a while. Yeah, you made... Um, There's a really wonderful uh, book, Making Shakshuka. Huh? Shakshuka is a really shakshuka? like wonderful egg dish that's cooked in like a spicy tomato sauce. It was mm, so good. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So I'll have that tonight. 
Yeah, please. That'd be oh. great. Um, but that that was great. You you make you cook excellent food. But follow recipes well. Yeah. yeah. I, I get the impression you guys are going home together tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're certainly going to eat dinner together tonight. <laughs> I I'm I'm very indulgent food personality, and, and Bob seems to understand that. So. Yes, and I I share your fetish for food. So. Yes. Yeah. Is it a fetish? fetish. No, There's nothing sexual about it. It's, it's, a it's purely about the food. Yeah. It's purely about the food and about eating the food. And I think it's so tempting, though, as a, like in your in in our line of work, to be like, "Oh, fun! What fun?" <laughs> no, but really, that's, I'm trying to think of that. Like, right. uh, I do some. I used to do a lot of martial arts. Yeah, um, you used to you like you ski. I skate. I play hockey. I um, very I ski very badly. Nobody can hear you over there. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I I skate. I play hockey. There you go. I skate. I play hockey. Uh, I ski really badly. I used to do a bunch of martial arts. Uh, what kind of martial arts? Uh, jiu-jitsu. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Okay. I did uh, uh, mixed martial arts. Okay, cool. So yeah. a little bit of BJJ and okay. other stuff. Yeah. Well, I only did BJJ. I sucked at BJJ. I can't kick or punch for my life. Like, I still can't throw a punch in my age. I can do a decent punches. I suck at kicking, though. I can choke people pretty well, though. Oh, same. <laughs> but, oh, 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 in, in martial arts. Yeah, okay. I can do that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I've tried it a few times, and I'm, I'm still better at the other kind of choking. <laughs> the fun kind? The fun kind. I can only do the blood chokes, not the air chokes. Uh, oh, that's yes. That's a problem. Oh, practice makes perfect. So, yeah. I, I actually got a black belt in martial arts, oh, and cool. the best part about yeah. that is that I know a lot of the anatomy around killing somebody because <laughs> that was actually a lot about the black belt training mm-hmm. um and so the fun part is that i i can do stuff to somebody's neck where they can completely breathe the entire time but yep, like the blood choke exactly right? blood just choke. the blood choke yeah so their brain gets starved but just for long enough and then you release and yeah. well and then it's that's fun to play with that line that playing with that line is something i think that's super like, dangerous well well and the playing with that line though is something that you've been very familiar with is, mm-hmm. is that i don't i know that that um one of the things that that we brought up in the, in the last time we chatted was the fact that, um, like you you and I would get involved in in some forms of of you know as as a me as a dominant and you as a submissive, um, some forms of play that I think people consider kind of on that same like hazard line. This is true. It's very much in the hazard line. But so. so when there's trust, is it still a hazard? Consent is very fluid, and it's a very strange thing. Like. A strange thing. I'm trying to think back to our first, like... First time that I kind of cut loose on you. The first time yeah. we cut loose, the first time the sadist, sadist Ava came out. <laughs> <laughs> sadist Ava. <laughs> I wasn't expecting her to come out that way. Well, I remember you had said to me at some point, you were like, I was not, I'm not really into pain that much. Right. I'm not, in, pain I, is a motivator. I'm making connections about pe- with previous episodes now. <laughs> right. yeah. I remember that story. I, yeah, so the, the, you said pain is just like sort of maybe a motivator, and then, but then you kind of like decided to take a little bit more from me. Can you talk a little bit about like why that was? Yeah, well, like what prompts a sub to kind of lean into something that potentially they didn't think they were interested in, or maybe they were interested in but never so explored? With Ava, one of the interesting things is you real. I realized as I got to know her that was giving her pleasure, the source of her pleasure, wasn't the satisfaction that I would give whatever act. It was the knowledge of where she was and the feeling of her relative superiority and, and the fact that she had that control. So 
the challenge for me was how do I please this person by giving her that control that is beyond my comfort zone and how do I learn to cope with that and kind of figure out and take pleasure in it and that's what I started doing. Yeah. I think it's really interesting because, you know, to to feel somebody giving that much to you is is, is very, very intense sensation. Yeah. And it's obviously, it's um, it's something that, that came as a very pleasant surprise for me but I think was less surprising when... We talked a little bit more about the fact that, like me, you were sort of an early bird mm-hmm. in kink, and so I was. I was hoping how early? That, yeah, like how early were we talking? I can't think the exact age, but I was a kid. Um, so pre-sexual, basically. Oh yeah. Pre-pubescent. Yeah, my yeah. cousin. Who's and like, specifically submissive. Specific. My cousin, who's like three years older than me, four years, two years. I know, a couple years older than me. Um, I used to visit her house fairly often. Kids would be left alone. Sorry, I'm speaking low. Kids would be left alone <laughs> as kids are often left alone to play. Right. And we started playing torture, which is like the most thinly veiled... Is that a game you made up? <laughs> I don't know who... How do you play torture? The way you play torture is there's... You torture Bob. You torture Bob. That's basically it. And Bob Bob takes it and Bob enjoys it. <laughs> and Bob says, thank you. Says <laughs> so like, like, like hitting or... Like literally in the cellar, torture. Like that's, mm. it would actually happen because kids go in the basement, parents are upstairs. See, we played family. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a lot of kinky. Right? Lot, you know, we played torture. Um, and sometimes, sometimes my cousin would be the witch and she would cackle. And that, that's what it was. And I was I was a kid, and she was a kid. We were both kids. We had no idea what the hell we were doing. Mm-hmm. We just knew that it was fun. Well, and this this travels back to something that I that I think I had said before in, in a previous episode. That was like a lot of times when people are into a certain kind of kink, it's not necessarily that they participated in like a sexual act. Yeah, it's that a something something like like parallel to it, or that became like orthogonal to it as an adult. At that age, gave you like a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. Weird just, is the only way you can describe it. Yeah. yeah. Can you just can you talk a little about that, that tingle, <laughs> that <Yeah>. exciting tingle? <laughs> I, I think it colored my relationship towards women in a lot of ways and towards people. And then that's one of the things I was telling. Uh, I spent a lot of time exploring and talking to Ava about. Is just thinking like. What are the choices that I've made in my life in terms of what I decide to do, how I interact with people that are colored by my submission? So if I look at the core, my core motivators, are they linked to my need to, to submit or not or to provide, to feel as if I'm in service to others? Hmm. Do I manage people this way? Do I think about like, and at some, at some point, I think a lot of my decisions are impacted by that, that kind of worldview. Are you are you kind of dominant out amongst the world and like submissive in in, in the scene? No, like no? that's a thing. Like, I, yes, I, I might lead, but I don't think I lead with dominance in the traditional sense. Hmm. What do you mean by that? I'm not in a I'm not an authoritative, steamrolling type of leader. Ah, you're no Trump. I'm no, no Trump. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am no Trump. I might wish I was sometimes. <laughs> But I'm not. I. It's just not my style. So I think that. How would you describe your relationship to your employees then? Are, would you say that you're dominant over them? Would you say like you're doing some sort of no. service to them? I don't know. How A do you lot, look at so it? the way I think about it, and the thing that stresses me the most and keeps me up at night, is I have people that have decided. I have people that have decided to follow me, 
and okay. they've decided to dedicate X amount of their lives to doing this. And yes, they're getting paid fairly. They're getting treated fairly. All of those things are true. But they can choose from so many different options of what they want to work on. But they like the vision that I'm proposing. They like the challenge that I'm giving. And the knowledge that will screw up there and the pressure of not having... of like, that That's the... That's what colors my whole relationship to them is I need to do right by them. I need to make them proud. I need to make them feel good about their outcome. And um, I don't want to lose a single one of them, even though sometimes I'll have to lay someone off or we have to make a personnel change for whatever reason. By and large, like these are people that I'm like caring for. Mm. And um, So it's actually really interesting to hear you talk about all that, like your relationship to your submission and to your work, because... Um, if you remember the way that we met is that you actually read about me. So I have a, uh, I have a kink blog of sorts yeah. on medium and called Valley of the Doms. Um, and I had written about something. It's a concept called radical candor, which is this idea that you are like being brutally honest, but because you care about the person that you're speaking to. And I think you had found that. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, yeah. Um, By the way, have you, either one of you ever seen the show Lie to Me? No. no. Okay, there's one character on there who practices something he calls radical candor. Where oh, he man. just speaks the truth all the time. So he's like, I'm attracted to you, but I don't think I can get you. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> That's sort of close. Close to it. Sort of close. I don't remember if I disagreed with you. Like, I, I'm trying to think of what my initial response was to the radical candor piece that you wrote. I'm trying, I'm trying to think. Well, and, and so the gist of the piece, like the sort of the, the thesis of it is that um, in the workplace, there's this new uh, sort of trendy thing about radical candor where you're speaking directly to somebody and you're, you're going to do it because you care about them and you care about the outcome. Um, you will not use ruinous empathy, which is when you hold back mm-hmm. because you think somehow it's going to help. Them. You think it's going to be helpful when yeah. it's not. And then, not- so, so I had said that like part of um, what we have to do in the kink scene is use radical candor, which means that like sometimes I have to speak up even when it's not polite or when I'm afraid I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings because I care about them and because I care about doing the right thing. And so I kind of connected the two to, to start relationships and sort of like what right. further we can learn. So Right. Yeah, no. And that, that's when we started talking about what the traditional DS roles meant. Yes. Yes, meaning domination submission. Right. Yes. <laughs> and how how I thought about my experiences and my last company in this company and how they colored me. And yeah. a lot of that brought us together because we, we've gone through similar experiences of companies that went all over the place and had some, some yeah, wild like I, times. I had a company fold and I think actually, you know, I remember we were, you had, you had gotten in touch with me because you liked the piece and you're like, you know, and you'd kind of floated out there that you were submissive. And I, I appreciate that. It's, it's kind of hard to, to somebody you'd never met. I don't have my face up on my Twitter. <laughs> and I followed you with real identity, real, like yeah. I didn't, I you're wasn't an honest. egg. I was not an egg. You were That's, not a Twitter egg. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy that you read a bunch of her pieces before you ever met her. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a, that's a very unique way to meet somebody. And it's, it's also like me showing you a lot of like, what's wrong with me. It's very vulnerable. <laughs> she it's read, very vulnerable. She read, oh, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. She read a bunch of mine too. 
So that's oh really? Let's not forget that. Oh, I didn't that's hear this. Right? I didn't oh my hear this goodness. Side. Okay. Oh. Now it makes more sense. Okay. So, <laughs> so tell them which which ones they were. She read a bunch of mine too. I um. Were you on Medium as well? Oz is like no, 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 no. no. I had another anonymous blog that got fairly okay. popular. Um, <laughs> and I shared my. She was sharing me her anonymous blog. It's like this is my anonymous blog, and right. it, it's it's one of these and things. I had with, read it before. Uh, like I had come across oh, it on the internet, and it was also about our industry, and just like so, it was just like crazy that that I had had come across this person's writing, <laughs> and then now he come across my anonymous writing. And the scariest thing, yeah, is a few weeks before I even knew of her existence. Oh yeah, I had posted a thread on Hacker News. Because I was dealing with my first sexual harassment case in my company. Oh, shit. And, and it was one that a textbook I had dealt with before. And so mm-hmm. I just jumped in the thread anonymously. Mm-hmm. And I had responded. Yeah. I didn't even realize it was yours. So it's like in several instances wow. across the internet, we had... And I, I joke around that like I probably also was on the same like IRC channels as you when we were like teenagers. Kids, yeah, yeah. Um, that the, the anonymous internet had kind of brought us together. Yeah, it's, that's freaky. It is very freaky. Freaky um, or romantic? It's very romantic. Oh yeah, internet no, I know. romance. It's internet Abe and I are romance. both hopeless romantic. Yeah, so. right. So yeah, but yeah. We, were, we were internet romance. Um, well, and then so I had actually had a company fold and. I was still dealing with it, and it was very upsetting. And you had kind of floated out that this sort of thing had happened to you before in in a variation. And so I was like, do you mind if I vent at you? And you, like, let me talk at you over Twitter DM, never knowing what I look like, whatever, for, like, three hours. But it was intellectually interesting. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I wasn't... You were already titillated, right? I wasn't, though. Ava's writing is not titillating. Really? That's a thing. I no. disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, you read, I think you read, you read one piece, but I mean, yeah, you read, true. you read the radical candor piece. Mm. It's not titillating at all. Sure, there's like a sexual element to it, but. No, but it's, it's the intimacy that, that really yeah. gets me going. Yeah, but it's not, okay, there's a bit of intimacy there, but it's pain. Yeah, but that's the intimacy. Sure, but it's not. I don't. I don't get titillated by that. That like, ah, doesn't do it for me. That's where we're different. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's where that's where you're different. That's yeah. where we're different. And so. Uh, so that that's what became very interesting to me is then then we met and uh, kind of fell into this like very intense like that's oh, because it's hard. You never you very rarely meet somebody who is like you in so many ways. Let's let's take a step back because I know yeah. the context. What. Where were you, each of you when you started dating, like, elsewise? Oh, um... Was there anything else going on for either one of you? I was in a relationship. <laughs> what kind of relationship? I was engaged. Okay. Oops. <laughs> so, the, so, Bob, does that make you have a sled on the side, or...? <laughs> no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't the sled no, on the side. No, you were not side, Bob. I was Sorry, not. Mom. I was not sled on the side. I okay. was. I was very good. That yeah, he was. He was actually. I, I mean, was very good. he was very good. I mean, it, that was the thing, right? Meaning just friendly, or what do you mean? I mean, it's just like you. You kept a respectful distance, and I think what was really t- like difficult is that you know relationships end before relationships they end. end. Yeah. Before they end, they yeah. a breakup, especially big ones, they happen inside the relationship first. far before. With one person first, yeah, like one, only one person knows it's over. Super awkward, yeah. um, and that like I was just getting out of the situation, and and it was really really wonderful that there's somebody who had who had been through a, like a kind of breakup that was big like that before, and then so here you have this person who like identifies also with the fact that 
the lack of kink was a problem. Mm. Like, maybe it wasn't what broke you up at all, but it was just definitely... It was an issue. It was an issue. And it, it was also, like, about, like, who am I going to be? And, like, what is my next part of my life going to be like? Right. Could I live without this? And realizing that <laughs> it's not just about, like, a sexual act you can or can't live without or a right. sexual kind of stimulation. It's, as as Bob said, it's about identity and, like, who you are and how you relate to the world. And if so, somebody doesn't share your worldview... Are you really going to be able to be together? So, was this engagement your way of... Because um, I remember you talking about putting kink back in the box. Trying to, like, yeah. go back on that. Was that part of that engagement? Yeah, like, I had, I had tried to... I I mean, you know, this person had tried very hard to... I think, up until the, we got actually engaged, to indulge me. and then Up until you got engaged. Yeah, and then it just totally dropped off a cliff. Um, which so is you know, like marriage would be more of the... The same. Exactly. And so, you know, it's just what I think in, in a way what engagement's for. It's just to decide yeah. if you, you can live with each other. Let's test if we can be married. <laughs> yeah. And, and if it doesn't work out, it's better to do that than, than to go through with it and then to, yeah. to have it continue to be a problem and get divorced like however many months later. So. Like most people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and so like it was really, really great to then meet somebody who I think also had, had been through this sort of like, can I live without this struggle? Mm-hmm. And I think, like, what what I would be curious to know then is how old were you when you, in concrete terms, understood what this is? Because, like, we know how we feel about it and we get titillated about things or, like, get a weird feeling. But, like, how old were you when you kind of figured out? I'm still figuring it out. (laughs) No, I really am. I'm still figuring out what this is. Um, But, like, how old were you when you figured out, like, what to Google? (laughs) That's a good metric. Yeah, like yeah. went to search for to find what you were looking for. When Alta Vista was around. That's yeah. when I started Googling this. Before Google. <laughs> before Google. So no, you, no, really. Yeah. So you're Google. like what, like 13, 14? No, older. Older, so 16, 17. Yeah. And the femdom porn then was still bad. It, it was always bad. What do you mean bad? Yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to hear this. There's a lot of this. It's trope after trope. Like, oh, so, it's poor quality. Well, it's I think, not because for me, like I was thinking, like morally bad. Like I, I no, no, no. It. It's like, not. Shameful. It's not moral. It's not yeah. that it's morally bad. It's that it's not an accurate depiction of right. what I wanted and what I ended up finding. Yeah. And every every DS true, relationship right? that I've been in has looked nothing like femdom porn. Right. So, and that's really interesting to talk about too, because it's like um, you like know he was looking at femdom porn. Well, <laughs> no, but I mean, it's like one of the things about uh, I know I'm likely to have a better relationship or just like even dating experience to somebody if they grew up watching femdom porn not because it's accurate right but because it indicates that like they're Interest. acknowledging early enough yeah. the differentiation between what they like and you know the middle of the bell curve okay. and i think yeah so it's that willingness to, to seek it out which i think is very very important sure. what sucks though is that you get kind of like stuck behind the eight ball of you know the the leather clad knee-high boot you know, bustier woman with a whip. Um, The whip can still be exciting. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but there's also, I've noticed, and especially as like you get into like the kind of play where with between, you know, a couple where both people are are into not only like kink, but also into like quote unquote lifestyle, um, that none of it looks that way. You don't see it at all. And so like, I think what's really interesting to think about then is sort of, Neither you nor I partition this to the bedroom. No. No. I'm shaking my head and no one can see it. Yes. <laughs> Not on a podcast. <laughs> Not on a podcast. No one can see you. Um, 
So I, yeah. as being somebody who's only kink in a scene-specific way, directly, honestly, to be honest, though, and I think we can yeah. match on this, we're both kind of sweet doms, and we want to take care of somebody first. Yeah. But, like, generally speaking, I don't do lifestyle dom. So you do do lifestyle submission, right? Yes. So um, talk to people about how you view that. Like, obviously, that has to be a big part of who you are. That's not just, like, something you do... On the side, it's it's like Ava. I think it's kind of ingrained, right? It's it is ingrained, but it's still very difficult to do. What do you mean? It's difficult to do because it's a conscious choice to submit. Right. Because the default state that we live in is when we're independent. We live, you know. Is I, that the default state though? Because I feel like most people are codependent, and I think we have to come to a point of independence. It might be my default you know, state. Okay. It might be my default state because of the personality type that I am because of the ways that I get my kicks. I start companies. I get excited by this. I, I need to win. I have this desire to win very fiercely within me. Lifestyle submission isn't, it's complementary to that. It's not, it's not. So let let me continue. So, um, I don't think it's in opposition to those desires, but what makes it difficult is that those that drive and that those personality traits can bring you to a lonely place really quickly. The submission, especially the things that are not in the bedroom that come into play with how you cook for someone, how you speak to somebody, um, what you do for the person in unprompted ways that could be mushy romance stuff. Yes. And to a certain degree it is, but it takes a different flavor and that requires a constant active choice when you're running this life of having to perform at a very high level and need to maintain a certain degree of independence, but at the same time, you know, want to recognize and cherish a person that you care very much about. Well, and I'll, I'll I'll kind of follow up there and say that a lot of this is in the context of the fact that like, you know, we talked a little bit at some point about how lifestyle DS relationships often mean that it's like you're deciding of your things that you go through in your daily life, like just your regular needs. What choices do you defer to the dominant? Mm -hmm. And so like we had had a very like long conversation about what you wanted to defer to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was all based on like, you know, like on Maslow's hierarchy. So Mm -hmm. your, of your basic needs, what choices do you defer to me of your intermediate, you know, relation relationally, situated needs what do you defer to me of your fulfillment needs what do you defer to me and you know we started with this sort of like high idea of like what you wanted to do and what I wanted to do and then you find that yeah because it has to be a conscious choice to submit all the time that like to keep that momentum up is super hard it's a lot of work yeah but I still believe it's possible to do it oh I do too I think it's absolutely possible and I guess the biggest thing is there's no black and white. It's not that. Yeah, I, I don't see. I, maybe at one time when I was younger, I saw lifestyle submission as being this high protocol, very structured, very heavy, like literally, not literally, figuratively wearing chains across, you know, heavy chains, <laughs> where everything just became a chore. Um, but we still had some ritual. Oh, no, no, sure. We had plenty of ritual. <laughs> we had, we had tons of ritual. ritual. Yeah. But the, the ritual wasn't heavy and restrictive and hard. Mm-hmm. And 
I think that lifestyle submission, the, the couple kinds of, kind of figures out how it works and what the limits are. Like you, you know, uh, Ava, you mentioned, you know, asking for permission to go to the washroom, you know, like at some points that's inconvenient. Yeah. You just, you can't make work. that work, uh, without constant availability and, you know, people figure it out. And I think what matters is the intent is that intent to submit and that recognition that you're under the protection or owned or however you want to say it, but you have this association with this dominant person. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of rituals we did have? Sure. We had many. That was the big one. You can come over to my house. Yes, I can talk about that one. Um, I'm blushing as I say this. Pull the, pull the mic closer. Sorry, speak I'm blushing. I'm blushing as I say this. Um, so one of the ones that we started really early on, yeah. actually, was I just wouldn't be clothed when I was at Ava's house. Yeah. Um, I would get in. And it was Ava's house. It was in the dungeon. It wasn't some other scene. No. Or it actually was also at my house. Oh, yeah. When too. Ava was she there. She owned your house, too, huh? <laughs> she owned my house as well. No, it was pretty much whenever we were in private and alone together, yeah. I was, uh, I'd remove my clothes, fold them nicely, put them in a pile, and then I would kneel down in front of Ava. She would put the collar on me. She would kiss me. I would kiss her. And that was, that was the ritual. That is both sweet and hot. Yeah, it was very sweet and very hot. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's very uh, it's very intense that 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 what that anchors your relationship in. So like you know, for us, the 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 collar is a big thing. Like that's and that's hard, man. To like, I am still trying to find a, a beautiful woman that I can call her. If I can be honest, it's super hard, it's, man. It, it requires such an extreme level of intimacy and like consent, active consent, communication. There's so many elements that are involved with that kind of situation. In a lot of ways, I'm I'm very jealous of you too. <laughs> like you were there, you enjoyed it, you experienced. Yeah, it. Yeah, and it was it was extremely intense. So like the the, the collar is an interesting object because it basically is like, especially in this context of something that I think people would find very like alien, which is the idea that you're like I'm wearing a collar in somebody's house. That's just like it's not always sexual. Um, so collar can mean like. You know, it can be a tool sexually, like, for restraint. It can designate the beginning and end of a scene, mm-hmm. um, where it's, like, you're just going to play together and then it's over. Or, like, for us, it was, like, it was sort of, like, a an object of commitment. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's something that I I gave to you in a very ritualized way to symbolize that, like, I hold this responsibility of what it is to, like, take care of you all the time. Take care of. Yes. I love that you put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it was. Yeah. And you, basically, you gave her that privilege. Yeah. Yes. She gave me the privilege as well. We gave it to each other. Really? I would say so. I I see it as very much like somebody giving me that privilege. Because, like, I can't ever do that to somebody. Yeah. But they can give me that option, you know what I mean? Like, And that's a very... I, I get what you're saying, but I... Intimate thing. Yeah. The act, like, I felt special and chosen and so yeah. many things. And I asked him if he, you know, did you accept my collar? That's a big thing. Yeah. And it's... But it was mutual. Like, there was no... I, I don't course, think yeah. that it was just... I don't see it as just me giving you permission. Yeah. No, I had to pick. It's it's And it's because it's tough. So I've I've given collars now. This is the... He, made, he makes three. 
Wow. Bob makes three times that's in my short, life. That's a short list. It's a very short list. It's a very intense relationship. And For kinky people, like sexual encounters versus intimate encounters. Yeah. I think it's a very different counter. Yeah, it's a kind of thing that, that just basically denotes that you're you're kind of upping the ante and yeah. like deciding that you want to be more accountable to this person more often. Um, and that you have certain responsibilities. You know, like we try very hard to ensure, obviously, in the context of a scene that everybody's needs are respected. But then it's sort of like, you know, in a way, it's, it's, the, it's the idea that I know that everyone who is going through their journey of, like, am I kinky? Does DS resonate for me? You are, like, going through something. You are figuring out who you are and, like, what your relationship is to others. And if I've, like, given you a collar, it's because I've decided to sort of take stewardship of that journey um, as the dominant. And that's... That's a lot. I know not everybody sees it this way. How long were you guys uh, dating before that happened? Oh, gosh. It was, it was pretty fast. It was a couple months, months. Two months. Yeah, two oh, months. Wow. yeah. so it was this very intense relationship. It was something we both wanted very much. And, you know, that's, that's what's tough about it is that, like, you burn hot. Especially when that, that kind of, like, connection happens. You know, we, we had talked about this. Is yeah. that the, the, the feelings of love, like... They flare up very, very <laughs> intensely. I mean, you can't help it. You're you and I are hopeless romantic. Oh sure. yeah, you're like you're like engaging in play that is just like like dumping all kinds of you know chemical bonding hormones in your system. It's so, so hard. Yeah, so you get super attached. Um, and you know, so we we both it was something that we both wanted, and it it, it ended up being a really really interesting and awesome dimension to the relationship. And, you know, like, that's, that's something that I know also that both of us kind of held inside, even as kids, as, like, this, like, ideal romance. So, like, I would joke around all the time that, like, kids play with Barbies. I, even then, even at Barbie age, I, like, like, Ken was, like, in, in a cage in the house. Like, sort of, like, a submissive husband pet. And so you just, like, you know on your insides. And that's, like, weird, because, yeah. like, nobody shows you that, right. but but you just sort you of know. You intuitively know it internally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and you had and you had something similar, I think, that was just sort of, like, this image in your head. Mm-hmm. I definitely had an image in my head of the protector. Yeah. For me, it was, it was someone that I would go back to, imaginary person. Yeah. That I would go back to whenever I was distressed. I had, like, a, a construct of a of a dominant woman that I would imagine I, it, it, this was even, even before I knew what a dominant woman was, but I imagined that protector and it wasn't a paternal protector. It was like a romantic protector. Mm. Yeah. And, Absolutely. Yeah. So I knew there was that, that existed. Yeah. Can we get into some murky waters? Oh yeah. Um, so Ava and I talked about, I think there's the often with kink, the taboo is that, Obviously, you're into your kink based on some sort of trauma, right? Yeah. And so there's somehow, like, something that's fucked up about you that leads to your kink or whatever. For us, obviously, there's a clear path from, like, childhood interest to, like, getting to a healthy point where we can actually enjoy mm-hmm. our kink. But um, talk about if you have any childhood trauma. Because I've definitely talked about mine, and mine's pretty intense. And it took, yeah. But because of that, I was not able to enjoy my kink until after I got over that. Tell me about if you had any uh, um, relationship problems with your parents or like some sort of domination from them. Not at all. Like or not at like all. That. No? 
Not at all. I mean, I was bullied as a kid quite a bit. For what? Just being different. Just for really, how? you know, so many ways. The kids find any reason right. to call you different, right? What were you like in high school? I was, uh... Nerdy? I Wait, was nerdy, nerdy <laughs> but I had I was in the cool crowd. I was a nerdy kid in the cool crowd. Okay. I don't know how to explain this. Like, I was, I was always fair... I was always fairly sociable. I had lots of friends. I played some sports. So I was I was okay for that. Um, I just had different interests, and the girls all thought I was weird. So that's fine. I am weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's all right. They watch Fifty Shades of Grey now, and they probably all want to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> so, so this is what I think is interesting, though, is because like kind of digging into the whole like stigma uh, that is being submissive and so like like this whole thing is like is it weird can you talk about like finding that acceptance for like what you like you know like with like some some something like i know that there are experiences that i've had for Mm -hmm. example where what i wanted was just so at odds with the people i was seeing they're like why are you like this why can't you be normal Mm -hmm. you know can't you just like sex the normal way oh yeah and well i mean as a as a submissive man you get the you get the exact same thing. Um, dating was always really hard for that reason because like that when, first when time, so, you know, the first time, the first time, second time you, you go to bed with someone, you fake it and you do the vanilla thing and you bottle it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they're on top of you and you position their hand on your throat because you really want to be choked. Yeah. And like, I, I can't do that to you. Why? How could I ever do that to you? Or you motion, you turn your cheek because you're really hoping they'll slap you, but they don't slap you. And they're like, no, I can never hurt you. I care about you so much. I can never hurt another person. If you cared about me, you slap me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, so this is all very interesting because it's like, even then, you know, you wanted to like give your body to somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and I had, I had chatted a little bit previously with our lovely host here <laughs> about what it is that, how like, pain play and that kind of like bodily submission factors into the relationship. You into that? Am I into that? I wasn't. You weren't. I wasn't into that, which is weird. So before Ava, I was very much, I guess you can call it psychological more. I was more into humiliation and degradation than anything else. Right. I mean, we we talked about that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I always did a lot of light pain play, I would say, like slaps and you know, some some breath play, some choking. Some choking. I've been drowned. Oh, that was scary. so crazy. That's not light. No, that's that not was light not at light. All. Yeah. That wasn't. Uh, that wasn't smart. Uh, <laughs> oh, not safe. Not safe. But I mean, it was fun. It's just not safe. Can we go on that tangent for a second? Yeah. Were you at all like overly intimate with somebody that you shouldn't have been? Is that what the situation was? Not this case, but that that's happened to me where I've been overly intimate with someone. Yeah. Um, it's taught me that I don't like Polly. I don't ah, like... Yeah. <laughs> We're the very opposite that way. <laughs> yeah. Both of you are so monogamous, and I'm very, very Polly. <laughs> yeah. I had a Polly partner, which didn't really work out because I'm not... I get attached, and I, I can't do it. And I get attached too, though. I couldn't deal with the cuckolding stuff. I just, I couldn't deal with it. I found yeah, that really, really that's hard. That's for a hurtful. lot of people. That's a specific kink, I think. But it wasn't, it, it wasn't that she cuckolded me. It's the feeling, knowing that 
like I knew that she was doing something or she'd be in the next room and I heard it and it was just, she didn't do it to humiliate me. She just did it because she could and it was her right to do it. And she, mm. you know, would you have enjoyed it if she did it? Cause she knew it humiliated you? No. Oh, okay. So just flat out, not your thing. Not my thing. But yeah. I thought like that's something that I could handle, but it, it turns out it's not something I could handle. There's a bunch of stuff you explored with Ava that you could handle though. Yeah, and that's where she was pushing <laughs> consent boundaries in ways that were scary. Like scary, what? But Ooh. ultimately enjoyable. Like Ultimately what? enjoyable. I remember the first time that we made love. Um, oh, yeah. Made love. Oh, that's yeah. where it was. People forget that kinky people make love, too. We make love. <laughs> and that was, that was intense. I think that... All right, I'm going to let you talk about why that was such a big deal for you. Uh, there's a lot of reasons. I'm not sure what I want to go into. Um, but like, what was, what was so like boundary pushing about, you know, for, for, for a lot of people, like sex is itself one of the least challenging things that we're talking about. Like PIV sex. Yeah. There's a lot I can go into here. Um, because the first time I, first time I had, uh, V sex with somebody that I'm intimate with now, it was not the first time we hooked up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd only been intimate with Ava once before. Yeah. The moment that this happened. Yeah. Um, I generally am very, I don't do PIV sex very often. Um, for a bunch of reasons. One, cause I don't enjoy it this much compared to other forms of intimacy. Um, safety was always something that scared the crap out of me. I'm, I'm a hypochondriac. As I'm, I'm an old Jewish man, as Ava, <laughs> as yes, Ava would attest to. WebMD is my nemesis. Um, so there was that, and also I, I'd been in in relationships where I tried to like ignore the, where I put my I put my kinks in the box, where the only sexual contact I had in the relationship was insertive vaginal sex, and. Not something you particularly enjoy. Not something I particularly enjoy, but also it became unidimensional. And mm-hmm. it was, it wasn't, it wasn't beautiful. You know, like this is the best way. So the first it. time you, you guys made love, you'd say that was beautiful? And, and extremely painful. <laughs> pain mm-hmm. and beauty. You go into more. <laughs> Please go into more. <laughs> I hadn't had somebody, so Ava... Being a top, mm-hmm. chose to be on top. Mm-hmm. I didn't have much of a say in the matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which I imagine you enjoyed. I definitely enjoyed. <laughs> the whole thing was very enjoyable. Um, I saw something in her eyes I'd never seen in another person before. And what happened there was there was this flash of like a thrill of control, of exhilaration, of dominance. I don't know what it was, but it was like this glow where she cackled and she looked at me and she was a demon at like there's but in a in a hot way where it wasn't it just wasn't sane almost <laughs> and she hit hard and where did i hit you my chest closed fist wow. like wow she beat the crap out of me as she fucked me like she beat she the, fucked you she beat the living shit out of me on that bed. 
she really like. Are we talking about PIV? What are we talking about? Yeah, PIV. Okay. Yeah. In a way that you're like really into. This is totally different. Like, right. here she is. I had just gone down on her for I don't know how long. Yeah. As long, long as she time. said. As long as, <laughs> as, long as, it takes. as long as she said. And then I'm on my back and she's straddling me and punching me really hard. Um, <laughs> and doing the fucking. Yeah. And you, you can't see this right now, but he's got the biggest smile on his face right now. <laughs> ear to ear. Well, no, that, that was, that was an extremely interesting moment. And it was, uh, I'm like, but I don't like pain. Why is she doing this? I told her or I didn't so you like. <laughs> I told her I didn't like this. Um, I didn't say I did. I, I think I said I, mean, I said I was flexible on it. I, I don't know. I didn't make it a flat out hard limit, but you pushed it, and then the whole intimate, like the intimacy part of it, kicked in, and we really explored a lot of that. And I explored what my boundaries are for for pain at her hands, and I don't think I could explore that with someone else like that. That's a piece that is pretty like locked in there. Yeah. Um, well, and then that became a really large fixture for the two of us. This is uh, that exploration of like, because you know, I I generally remember you know like hitting you and checking in, and you just said, just no, no, no objections, keep going. <laughs> and you know, that's that that actually became very surprising over time. That like greater and greater amounts of of like very physical. Mm-hmm. intensity um and i think that that i don't think you've ever really safe worded out no nope. which is shocking to me i've been bruised for weeks yeah you've had like some some deep bruising contusions and things and just like how much did you love it though <laughs> do you ever push on the bruises when you're at work no 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 but, he, but he he would beg me yeah i would beg sometimes beg beg me to to, to like to hurt you and then that that was even the kind of thing where it's like the the that runs so deep that surrender of the body that I'll, sometimes all I have I would have to do is talk about it, mm-hmm. and that would be like enough to like set you off. What does it take for you? I mean, besides that, yeah. what does it take for you to slip into subspace? Very little. The collar was an instant slip. Well, that's with the intimacy of that relationship. Yes. So. Is that what it takes? Is the intimacy of a... Re- okay, gotcha. The first time that I slipped into subspace with Ava, um, we'd been talking all night, and yeah. um, I didn't think we were going to play. Like, it, it didn't... We didn't get together to play. We just got together to have time alone together. Yeah. Um, yes, 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 yes. It was like, I was like, you know, you'd, you'd made me dinner, yeah. and, and we were just, like, drinking wine and talking, and... And I will never forget this, like, but I just, he's, like, sharing something that's very intimate, we're just talking, and I, I, like, reached over, and I, like, stroked your face with my hand, mm-hmm. and I think that, like, I could see something, like, kind of popping behind your eyes, like, yeah. that, something in your brain burst a little bit, and he just turns his mouth, and he just puts his lips right on my palm, and then it just, like, you just melted into a puddle. <laughs> like, like, I don't even know what happened, and suddenly you're, like, on the floor, and, uh, at my knees, like at my feet, and that's just mm-hmm. like it's just all it took. And that's it all was, it was. That it was, was just like a little tiny push. That was push. the play. Like yeah. the first play was just me, like begging to kiss you, yeah, and not getting kissed. Yeah, that was it, and that was that was the primary thing. And I just remember, I just remember going home and being like, 
I, I'm sitting in my lift on the way home. I'm like, what happened? What's that happened? <laughs> like what? Like it's just like you. It's just like the tiniest push, and it just tips right over. And Bob, so, like, do you think the same thing? Yeah. And that's that's the intensity of it. Is that like when you meet somebody with whom you have like this kind of of kink connection? I would say that it's hard to imagine yourself not being quote unquote lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's hard to not imagine feeling that all the time. It's not. It's hard to not imagine. You know, when you look at this person, you sense the the kind of like the 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 push and pull in the membrane that's between you, and how like one of you is almost always constantly pressing it on each other to the other's delight, and and then, so it just pops up in the in such a way in your everyday that you're like I must like in the chaos of love that like putting this into a DS relationship gives it structure and form and color. And it, it, it erects an architecture that, that lets you enjoy this all the time. And, and so that's, that's why it's hard when it breaks down though, too, is I, I would say that it's, it's a tougher breakup because you're just, you know, you're not just ending a relationship, you're shattering an infrastructure. And that's a lot. Like that's, that's a lot to bear. The pieces that you pick up are much bigger. Yeah. It's still, still worth it. Still always worth it. So I would say that that if I were to pull out one great thing, because it's always like, yeah, um, you have this intense relationship and then it ends and like, what do you do now? I would say that if it gave me something good, it's to know that like everything I want is possible. Yeah. And that like, I'm not weird for being the way I am. And that, you know, you find everywhere people who understand you and who share your outlook and your goals and your the way that you relate to the world um we're not alone no you're not alone and i'm not alone you're not alone either i often not well more often than i'd like i sometimes feel that way yeah like maybe i won't ever find somebody like this ever again it's not the scariest feeling the scariest it is so scary. The stupid part is, though, like we were talking about last time. Yeah. Mathematically, I will. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's factually, mathematically, statistically. <laughs> if we look at the numbers, <laughs> I'll find somebody. So like they're most they're likely at TNG too. Most likely at TNG. So it's like the whole thing. I think that that I hope that I've I've maybe given you a bit of that. Like you have to you have to like live your life in the like out loud in the to like acknowledge like what you are and who you are and what you need. Yeah. Because. You can't live without this. I can't live without this. And yeah. It's part of our lifestyle. It's, and it's like, it's part of, you know, it's, it's, it's like asking you to go back to just eating like Donald Trump's well done ketchup steak for the rest of your <laughs> life. To say you that can't you, put that back in the box. You can't put it back in the nope, box. The nope, cake doesn't not. go back in the box. <laughs> Especially not when you lived it as part of your adult life and it didn't, like, destroy your life. Like, because I think that's the fear, right? People are going to be like, I I hear from people all the time when I try to date them now that they're like, well, I can't do this because I'm afraid that I'll, like, get addicted to it and I won't, like, go to work or I'll, I don't know. They're worried they're going to become shadow. Yeah, they're going to (laughs) become shadow. It's like they're going to become some, like, weird person. Renaissance fairs. Yeah, who who just, like, like, ditches out of their regular normal life because they're so obsessed with kink that they can't stop, like, buying underwear and trying it on home but if you're that interested you should not ignore it i agree and right? i and i think that like if you're that interested too and you deny yourself mm. 
then you're, you're ignoring a part of who you are. And you're going to like heighten that whole like taboo sensation, right? Yeah, that yeah. like that makes you do things like make poor choices mm-hmm. and let's get, get out. Let's get over the taboo element and just talk about how it's actually a fundamental part of who we are. Yeah. And what we like and what gets us off and what yeah. what makes meaningful relationships. Yeah. Like I've written right? things that have been about like like our relationship, Bob and I. And oh, I've yeah. written things about the relationship between me and other people, and I have been shocked at how many times people are like vanilla come up to me or write into me or tweet at me and say that this was something that was like hugely resonant and that that they talked about it with their girlfriend and wow. they both like cried over it. And wow. it's just like that's it's so deep. And I think it's because people who live the sort of like lifestyle they sort of like live out loud. Yeah. And. You know, it's the same stuff we all go through, except that we have a vocabulary for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's like a fundamental piece, I feel. Yeah. yeah. Shameless plug at Ava X Machina on Medium. Er, yeah, so it's like, so I'm, so I'm Valley of the Doms. It's Silicon Dom um, on Twitter. It's Silicon Dom on Medium. So you can find me at Ava, Ava X Machina. And um, I would say then, too, that it's been really, really great also to kind of like hear from you. Yeah. It's fun to hear your side of the story. Yeah. It's the same story. Yeah, but it's yeah. your side. It's different. Sure. No, I mean, like, it's... I guess the fundamental thing is that it's not... The biggest worry as a male submissive, like we were discussing it at, at when we were having drinks before, it's not... It's not the gender role. It's... What does this make me? It's, it's, it comes down to a question of identity. And is it okay that I want to give myself this way? Or am I violating something like fundamental in what it means to be a human being and care about things like freedom and things like equality and all of this? Like, why am I okay with these power dynamics? And Not okay with, into. Into, right. Yeah. And what I think it is, and what I think that people in our lifestyle have figured out that others haven't figured out, is that this is how the world actually works. And we've built structures of civilization around it to color it in different ways and hide these dynamics, but they're there. You know, one of the first people that really, where I really lived out my, my submission with, um, she's a lawyer, a labor lawyer in doing union work. And Who is this? My first, let's say, real serious dominant partner. Okay. Um, she's a labor union lawyer. Um you wouldn't tell it to look at her, but she also is a staunch anarchist. And actually, believe it or not, I am too. So <laughs> you guys didn't know that, did you? Oh, he came out of the closet. <laughs> so she, she, like, whatever. My my politics aren't towards anarchy. Um, I don't think that Ava's are either. Uh, <laughs> Lawful evil. That's <laughs> um, machine right. freedom is by uh, an anarchist, actually. Oh yeah, Friedman. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So the, uh, but the point is that that what was illuminating to me in all of that was, um, kind of looking at this, these proclivities in the context of how the world actually works and then figuring that what we're doing and the way we live isn't what's taboo. Um, what's taboo is the fact that as a society, we've all decided to just sweep it under the rug and pretend that yes. there's yeah. laws and all these other things yeah. and all these other constructs that are purely artificial, that people actually do have these dynamics in every relationship and every interaction yes. in their lives. One of the, the, most... the taboo is the hiding it. Exactly. Yeah. Not, the, not the living it. 
So um, one of the most powerful things that someone else had told me in, in my search to kind of like be okay with who I am, especially in, in the wake of things like, you know, major heartbreak, is that um, all relationships are power exchange relationships. Yep. That with your friends, with your boss, with your kids, with your parents, yeah. we all give and take and we, we navigate that um, all the time. It's mm. just that people who are into BDSM or DS relationships just have a vocabulary. Yeah. And we, we ask each other to consent to that beforehand. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's super powerful. And, and I think like the more that I choose to live it and the more that I choose to seek out other people, even as just like friends or, you know, your chosen family who also believe that the better my life gets. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. So, yeah. I, gotta, I, I get behind that 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody come join the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> Ava, you bring on the best guests. Yes. <laughs> we have, we yes. have to co-host more often. <laughs> we should. We should. We will. I have, so, I have so many more people to, to drag on. <laughs> this has been so phenomenal. I really appreciate how open and honest you've been, Bob. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. Oh my god, how awesome was that episode? I didn't know that Ava kept Ken dolls caged up as a little, as a young woman. That, um, it's very, that's very telling of, of who she is and, and where she, why she is where she is now. So what do you think? Do you think that, uh, kinky people have figured out, uh, that most relationships are about consent and negotiation? Do you tend to negotiate and uh, and look for active consent in your friendships and your employment? Is that an important thing for your daily life? I'm curious. Let me know. Shoot, shoot us an email, tabutabupodcast at gmail.com. We're going to keep putting out taboo episodes, um, and so, so just keep an eye out. If there's something you'd like to, uh, us to explore, we love getting your suggestions. So send us an email. Uh, let us know what you want us to explore and we'll deep dive. If it's something you're afraid to Google, it's probably the right thing to ask us for. Feel free to like us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether it's SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, doesn't matter. Give us a like. That actually really helps us out. It's going to help bump us up and uh, put us in front of more people because, frankly, we think that this is important content and we think you enjoyed listening to it. Why not share it with some friends? So give us a like. Share us with your friend, with a friend. And uh, if you have some feedback... Send us an email, tabutabupodcast at gmail.com. We love, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. Goodbye.